Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 74, Giving Thanks, recorded November 21st, 2011. This show will air on Thanksgiving Day in the U.S. Canadians already had their Thanksgiving, and the rest of the country, uh, I guess you're out of luck. Uh, but uh, So this is our <laughs> holiday. Uh, we're, Sean and I are both uh, on vacation as we speak, and so this uh, podcast will reflect that. We we're phoning it in, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it'll be a little. It, we say it's going to be a short show, but doesn't that ever happen? Well, Mark, I mean, what's the shortest know, show we've ever had? Can you re- recall? Uh, about thirty-five minutes, I think. Did we have one that short? Yeah, I don't I even remember say. having one that. It was short. one of the point fives. Oh, okay, okay. That was a long time ago, right? Yeah, we're much better. I'm not now. saying it's not going to be long. I'm going to say there's no content. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just going to be us <laughs> rambling, but that's okay. This is a holiday episode, and we're taking a holiday too. So, uh, uh, at when you're listening to this, we are going to be either eating or drinking um, something not good for us. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I definitely will. <laughs> uh, and Aaron is in the chat room, and Aaron, I'm just going to say, uh, I apologize, but Thanksgiving, I'm I'm off the program. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, see, here's my theory about that. It's okay for to to overeat um, Thanksgiving Day. The trouble is when you overeat Thanksgiving week and the right. week after Thanksgiving and the holiday season. You know. <laughs> yeah, I've never I've never really had that problem. I mean, Thanksgiving Day, uh, Christmas, and that's about it for the most part. Maybe some, you know, like think like. Almost Thanksgiving weekend, right? Because you have a lot of leftovers and stuff like that. So, yeah, but, but like the the day a tree goes up, the leftover should go out. <laughs> Make that rule, right? So if if you're one of those who put your Christmas tree up the day after Thanksgiving, also throw the leftovers out that day, and then it won't be a problem. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron says uh, second Tuesday, <laughs> yeah. November through January. 8th. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, don't forget Mardi Gras. We got to get that in there too. <laughs> right, right, and then you know that rolls right over into uh, Easter. And <laughs> yeah, that's no, the no. thing. People look for reasons to overeat. I, 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 fat people do anyway. I don't know about you, skinny people, but us fat people, we do. Well, uh, you know, I know that's that kind of gets at what uh, Aaron's show is all about. And for those of you that don't know, Aaron uh, is a host of one of our shows on our network, One Meal One Workout, and it's all about eating right and exercising and. Uh, you know, that's kind of what his whole, the whole premise of what he does is, right? I mean, don't let that snowball right. one after another. One meal know? at a time, one workout at a time. You can do, you can do good for one meal. You can eat right for one meal. You can exercise uh, for one workout. So, right. And, and that's exactly right. Don't let it become the holiday season, you know? So, so you blow it off Thanksgiving Day. Okay. Get right back on it the day after on Black Friday. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and some people probably struggle with that more than others. I really don't. I can, I can go berserk for one meal and then, uh, you know, get right back to it. Um, I have noticed though, that since I've been really focusing on it, even when I go crazy, when I do like slip off the wagon, it's not nearly as bad because it's like my stomach has shrunk, you know? And I just, <laughs> yeah. so when I do slip, I'm not slipping. I mean, Mark, you've known me for a long time and you know, there was a time when I could really put it away. Oh, and, you uh, have no idea, people. I've never seen 
any animal. No, no uh, <laughs> mammal has ever eaten like this man does. I mean, and I grew up on a farm where, where uh, cows eat uh, a 40 pound bale of hay a day. No, nothing compared to this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I slipping now is not nearly as bad as it used to be. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's our Thanksgiving week, and that's our our Thanksgiving episode. Uh, those of you in uh, outside <laughs> North America have to wait till Christmas to get your grub on. Right, right. Uh, so, uh, maybe in China, maybe there's Thanksgiving <laughs> in China. How's that for a ham-handed transition? I was just wondering how we were going to get into that one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that a bit of uh, tech news, and you know, one of our favorite companies, Pearson. Uh, has managed to wedge itself into China. So uh, I, I came across this little bit of news here, and, uh, you know, they're just, Pearson is taking over the education world. Well, that makes uh, sense. One totalitarian regime uh, infiltrating another. Um, I, I'm okay. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and, I mean, I don't see how it necessarily, you know, it doesn't, like, directly affect us, but, um, you know, Pearson's becoming, like, this global monopoly, right. you know. And uh, it's just scary because I, you know, it seems pretty, pretty well accepted, widespread that uh, nothing that they do is any good. So, <laughs> so uh, now they are going into uh, the largest country in the world, the most populous country in the world. Uh, they bought out a a company called Global Education Technology Group. Um. This is a company that basically distributes uh, uh, textbooks and digital media, all revolving around uh, education. So uh, very much a Pearson-type company, but in China. And uh, so they just further, uh, you know, expand their empire. So uh, not that, you know, anybody really cares other than, you know, it's not going to be too long and I'm sure we'll all be working for Pearson yeah. schools. Pearson excelling in mediocrity or mediocrity since 1989. Right. <laughs> that would so, be uh, funnier if I could have gotten it out in one line. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Back on the health kick, Mark. Because <laughs> well, I want to hear. I want to hear about this. Uh, last week, uh, as of like, like one week ago, the day this podcast comes out, actually, um, I was having a sleep study done. Uh, for obstructive sleep apnea, if you don't know what that is, it's uh, it affects approximately six percent of the global population, and uh, we just stop breathing when we sleep. Uh, the body, uh, for whatever reason, um, shuts down. The brain has to wake us up to say, "Oh, it's time to breathe now." So then you breathe, then you go back to sleep. You stop breathing again. The brain wakes you up and says, "It's time to breathe now." So this could happen between ten and a hundred times an hour. Uh, on an average person. So you're never really sleeping very well. And, right. Um, it tends to be exacerbated by things like being a big fat guy like me or uh, hitting middle age. You know, when you're 40 or 50 years old, it tends to hit. Well, I'm both a fat 40-year-old, uh, you know, <laughs> 39. Uh, and so it's it's got, it's got, you know, I've had it forever. If you're if you're a heavy snorer, there's a good chance that you probably have apnea too. I'm, I don't mean the guy who snores a little, but I'm talking about the guy who rattles the windows. Uh, there's a good chance that you have apnea too. And so it's it was time to do something about it. So I went to have a sleep study. And basically they they trussed me up like a marionette uh with with electrodes on my head and this 
nasty goop in my hair and uh, things stuck up my nose, then put the 400-pound guy in a twin bed and said, okay, go to sleep. <laughs> now, see, that, and that's what uh, Mark and I were talking about this before the show, and I started getting into this point, and then I said, ah, we'll save it for the show. I have often wondered, you know, I've seen those things on like the Science Channel or whatever, and they, they'll show them, you know, doing these sleep studies on people. And I just have to really wonder, like, how accurate is the science when you make it that uncomfortable to be sleeping anyway? Yeah. Well, the, you know, the idea is that you have to get a certain amount. Of, in fact, they gave me the number. The number is two hours, two hours and one minute. Okay. And in the course of an eight-hour night, you need to get two hours and one minute of sleep. So they know that six of those hours, you're not going to get any sleep. But it doesn't count as a successful test study unless you had two hours and one minute of sleep in that night. And that's okay. enough for them to gather, gather data. Uh, of course, being the geek that I am, I, I was really asking questions and probing about this. And the, the, the tech, the respiratory tech who's in charge of it, has to make notes every 30 seconds. All right, I was in that place for nine and a half hours. And this wow. poor woman was writing notes every 30 seconds, noting down what's going on. Of course, there's a bank of machinery that's uh, doing the readings, but also a lot of human uh, reading. <clears throat> and at the end, she said, on average, if they printed it all out, which they don't, but if they printed it all out, the average sleep study produces 800 pages of data. Oh, wow. Because there's a constant brain scan going on. you got to EKG. E e is that what it? No, that's hard. EEG is the brain. EEG, I yeah. think, yeah. So they got the EEG going. They've got uh, pulse ox monitors. They've got something re uh, uh, measuring your respiration. They've got these uh, chest straps that they put on that measure uh, when your chest is going up and down. And like uh, the case of, a, of an obstructive event is your chest is moving up and down as if you're breathing, but you're not. And so that's one of the signs. So they put all that stuff together. So at the end of my ordeal, they didn't have two hours and one minute of sleeping data on me. So I got to go back oh, next no. week and do it all over again. Wow. Yeah. At a cost. So what, I, I mean, what does that mean? Do you have to be like at a certain level? Like I know they can tell when you're in certain stages of sleep. Do you have to be like down? Just asleep. You just have to be asleep for a consecutive two hour and one minute span. So, so if, did you just weren't able to sleep because of all the gear they yeah, had on you? Yeah, I just, I just woke up or didn't get enough data. Uh, so I got to go back again. At a cost, I might mind uh, might mention, of $4,000 per night. Every night I go oh, in there. wow. Now, that's not my cost. My insurance is picking up a big chunk of that. But still, that's what they're making every night I go in there, $4,000. And and they have to do uh, two stages. The first is the they monitor you. And the second is they put gear on you and try to, to remediate it. So... They'll put, you know, these things up my nose or whatever that blow air up my nose. And then every time I have an event, they turn the pressure up until I don't have any more events. So I haven't got, haven't even gotten a base reading yet. Right. So once I get a base reading, then they'll have to try to the, re, the remediation. And if that doesn't work, I may have to come back another couple of nights before they get that much data. <laughs> so if you're considering a field to go into, be a sleep specialist. That is a lucrative field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't even give me something. I I, I figured they'd give me a, a an Ambien or something to help me sleep or, you know, no, no nothing. Just Well, yeah, that makes sense cuz they don't want to skew the results there. I can see that. I, you know, I don't know. If they if they want you to be asleep, they should make it easier to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they got to pay for all those Ferraris in the parking lot, so. Yeah. And in a in a fit of of 
uh, humiliation, self-humiliation. I posted a picture on, on Twitter. So if you're interested in seeing me all trussed up in my gear, uh, you can go to my Twitter feed at Mark. Oh, uh, go back a, a, a week or so and, and you'll see uh, a not flattering image of me. You got to throw that in the forums. <laughs> I mean, John threw a picture of him with a uh, an accordion in the. You know, in the forums, I, I'm sorry. Having it on Twitter is bad enough. I don't want it archived and 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 indexed twice <laughs> on two different sites. <laughs> uh, speaking of John, uh, he sent me an email and said something about uh, he now has a set of authentic bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'll be working on getting that. So if you listen wow. to the Taiwan teacher at all and. Uh, uh, you know who John Mikulski is, and we've already got a picture of him with his accordion. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to wrangle him into a picture with his bagpipes now. Does he wear a kilt too? I don't know. I don't even know if I want to know that. But <laughs> well, if you listen to the Everyday Linux podcast, one of the recurring themes there is does Chris wear pants? And so maybe maybe we need to do a, a does John wear a kilt and have that uh, a meme going too. Knowing John, I'm thinking now that he has bagpipes, there's a kilt in his future if he doesn't already have. <laughs> That's right. One necessitates the other. I speak for a living, people. That's what I do. You know, I've noticed as we've done this show, we've moved, what, six months ago? Not even that long. Three months ago, we moved to a later recording time. And I've noticed when I listen back, my accent is thicker. My Texas comes out more when I get tired at the end of a long day. Oh, so uh, interesting. I'm, I'm less able to uh, mask that as I get tired. Right, right. So one other thing I just wanted to mention doesn't have anything to do with anything other than you know, uh, uh, um, fam. Uh, Thanksgiving is a time of family and and the holidays and all this sort of stuff. So I just had a funny story about my family. My oldest daughter is nine years old, uh, and she's my daughter in almost every way she's precocious and and arrogant and annoying um but we were listening they were going to school uh my wife was taking them to school and they were listening to some uh children's song and there was this nonsensical lyric about um um you know i i forget how it goes but something like i've got a uh a song in my heart. I've got a, a rhythm in my heart or something and then one of the lines was i've got a stomp in my heart like a dance step Okay. And so, and my wife turned to the three-year-old and said, "Do you think it would hurt to have a stomp in your heart? You know, just playing." <laughs> my nine-year-old rolled her eyes and said, "Mom, I think it's metaphorical." Oh wow! Yeah, so she whipped out the uh, multi-syllabic word there, metaphorical, <laughs> combined it with an eye roll. So we've already got the disdain of the preteen years coming, plus the vocabulary. Um, I'm I'm scared of what this child is going to be in a few years. Yeah, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, I, I love mean, it. How many nines do you nine year olds do you know that whip out the word metaphorical just on an average Saturday afternoon? Right, and then use it in the right context. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> ah, well, at least uh, there's somebody out there learning in school. Uh, well, I don't think it's in school. I think it's it, it, <laughs> interesting. I was talking with uh, one of the English teachers at my school uh, while I was working on a, on a computer. Uh, trying to solve an issue with printers stupid printers the bane of my existence right and and uh she had a student in there doing some tutorial work and they were working on just basic grammar and when the student left this teacher's been doing this for uh, 30 plus years and i said have you noticed in your 30 years any patterns about who gets it and who doesn't like you know do 
do black kids have problems with with grammar when white kids don't or do poor kids have problems with grammar when when rich kids don't or do, you know anything like that right and she said no nobody gets it that she says there might be one or two in a full class every year that understands grammar and the other you know 99.9% don't get it and she said it's gone it's so bad that uh, some english teachers are considering just not even teaching grammar just don't even try because people aren't getting it well do you think it's that though or do you think it's uh you know we're bombarded all day long with basically what the social norm is yeah. so to go into a classroom for an hour a day or something and be told well this is really the way you're supposed right. to do it well, you know i wonder people from other countries we have listeners all over the world uh if you speak another language do other countries in other languages study their language for all 20 years or whatever they're in school? So, like, do you take Chinese classes in China all the way through college? Do you take Spanish classes <laughs> right. in Spain all the way through college? Because we do. We take English classes. It's a mandatory class. All of elementary, all of high school, and all the way through college, you will take an English class. And it's a grammar class. It's, it's not a lit class. It's grammar. And we teach right. that for essentially... 18 years of a student's life and they still don't get it. They still go on Jerry Springer and sound like they do. So I just wonder <laughs> if it's because English is so messed up or is that normal? I mean, do, do you teach Portuguese classes in South America? I, I, I'd like to know these things. If somebody out there can answer that, I'd love to know it. That would be great. Um, my only experience, uh, at least close enough to see some of the educational system was in Japan. Uh, but Japan, I don't think is a, is a really good comparison, uh, I guess to the rest of the world because they have three different alphabets. I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, with thousands of letters and characters and things like that. So, well, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the Japanese system, not everybody goes to school, right? It's, it's not a right. It's not a given. Um, well, I know the younger kids pretty much, I mean, it seemed like they all went to school, although you know, I guess it's possible. They, they certainly have that kind of working class. You know, if your dad's a fisherman and your grandfather was a fisherman and you're going to be a fisherman too. So you really don't need to go to school for that long. I guess there is some of that, but the youngest kids seem like they were all in school. Okay. Maybe my, my information is, is incorrect there, but I was thinking that it was a, uh, a select group, not, not necessarily, uh, uh, an elite group, but like there were some who went to school and some who didn't go to school and some who went to what we would call secondary and some who didn't. Whereas in right. the U S every kid is required to go to at least some level of secondary. You, you can't drop out until you're 17 and then you have to have your parents permission to do it. I mean, it's against right. federal law. <laughs> All right. All right, Sean, what award yeah. can we win soon? <laughs> the EduBlog Awards, and yeah, this is really big. Um, we've already been nominated, uh, I, I know at least in a couple of instances, but uh, there's it's a multi-step process. And I guess first I should jump in and just say the EduBlog Awards is really about pretty much the pinnacle of what we could attain. <laughs> um, they started a handful of years ago, and uh, it's a website, and the EduBlogs have been around for a while, but uh, they came up with an award system, and it was for basically people putting educational content out there on the web. And uh, it's grown 
over the past few years and has become quite big and respected in, in the education world. So uh, it's something that we would love to not only be nominated for, but to actually win one um, and for every category, even to say to win, like you can be like the winner and then they'll have like a first runner up and second runner up. Um, if you get even to that level at all, then it, it's really huge. And it says a lot for, you know, what you've done, the work that you put in and, um, uh, the awards span, uh, all kinds of different topics. So there's, uh, quite a bit of it revolves around blogs and it'll be like best individual blog and best class blog and, uh, things of that nature. But then podcasting, uh, is in there, uh, best, uh, individual tweeter and you know so basically just anybody in education who's you know on a consistent basis putting content out there um if it's good content then uh, you could find yourself nominated for an edublog award uh and that's where we'd like to find ourselves um it's a multi-step process so right now they are taking nominations uh once they have all the nominations in for you know for all of the categories then they'll cut those nominations down to like a short list and then you go on to a, a voting round. So, uh, I, you know, I would hope we could at least make the voting round. Um, the yeah, podcasting, so- I, I'm trying to remember. Mark, do you remember last year there might have been like 10 podcast, education podcasts? Uh, there weren't many that, that made it to voting. And the winner only took a couple hundred to win. Right. Uh, it, it was, you know, the, because podcasting is, is f- relatively new on their radar. In fact, this year they don't even have a podcasting category split out, probably for that reason. They've combined several categories, probably in an attempt to uh, make the competition a little steeper. Right, right. But yeah, just because so Sean uh, said we've already been nominated doesn't mean that you shouldn't go nominate us again. Multiple nominations are a good thing. Yes, especially to make, yeah, to make that short list where you're actually eligible for the voting round. Um, it, it's not just the nominations, but, uh, you know, it, the quality of the nominations counts and the number of, uh, nominations counts. So, uh, basically the way that you, uh, would make a nomination is you would make some sort of a forum or a public post forum, blog entry, something like that. Uh, basically just talking about how great we are. Um, and, and then specifically nominating us for, uh, a, uh, for that category. And then uh, you go back to the EduBlog, uh, which you can Google EduBlog Awards, and it's going to be the first thing that comes up. And we'll have a link in the show notes as well. And there was a right. link last week also. It, it's a pretty simple link. It's like com slash nominations, I think. Um, and then uh, it's a very simple form. You just uh, put your name, I think email address, and a link to the post that you made. And that will nominate us. So, uh, like I said, I know of a couple already. There may be more, but, uh, yeah, if you're listening to this and you haven't nominated us, uh, if you'd like to support the show, please do so. We would, we'll be your best friend. Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk to you in the chat room. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just wanted to, one, one side note of, uh, geekery, uh, for the hardware, you know, we're likely to have hardware geeks on this show. Um, just today I set up a new and, and the, take that emphasis to mean air quotes. It's not new. It's a com- collection of pre-owned and pre-discarded equipment. It was one of those, um, you, you know, every, everybody who does work from time to time will get something that somebody will bring to them and say, yeah, you, you know, if you can make it work, you can have it. I'm just, I'm just done with it. So this right. was a collection of that sort of stuff. 
but I've built a new computer, quote unquote, uh, that we're doing podcasts on. And, and so previously when, when we were doing Skype, multiple Skype calls, particularly for some of the other shows, like for Everyday Linux, for example, I'll, I'll have up to four calls plus me. And so uh, I have been having to use a different computer for each Skype call to do that. But now with this new rig, I have a, a nice big uh, quad core 64-bit processor with 10 gigs of RAM and four sound cards. And each one of those sound wow. cards goes to a different channel on the board. So now I can do everything on one computer. So I have that computer, and then I have my record computer, just because I like to keep it separate. Right. And, uh, the, the other one, I would have enough horsepower to do it, but I, I want to keep those separate on, on purpose. So now I've streamlined my rig down to just two computers from the six that I used to use. That's nice. Yeah. And I'd I just, like to see that. you got to take some pictures of that or something. Well, it's really not all that impressive. It just looks like a black box sitting there. But, right. uh, you know, it's I'm just got, curious about the, the back. I, just seeing the four sound cards hooked up would be pretty cool. Well, I, I think I mentioned it on this show previously. I don't remember if I did or not, but I bought some cheap um, USB sound cards. And that's, oh, what, okay. that's what Sean's coming through right now. Just a cheap USB sound card. It's nothing special. I think I paid $3 for them on Amazon. And um, okay. I had tried it on a Windows XP box because that was what I had. And Windows XP wasn't smart enough to recognize multiple uh, of the same type of card. It would just okay. it would send the sound to all of them. But I, I've got Windows 7 on this one. Windows 7 recognizes them flawlessly. And so it just pops up and it says, I've got this many sound cards. And so I, I tell Skype, this instance of Skype uses this sound card, and this instance of Skype uses this sound card, and I can keep everybody on separate channels with separate feeds. So, like, for example, um, if I've got Sean and a guest, I want to send Sean the guest, but I don't want to send Sean Sean. And I want to send right. the guest Sean, but I don't want to send the guest the guest because you get that delay thing. So you have to have what's done, uh, what they call a mix minus. You've got to send them the mix minus their own channel. And uh, that's difficult to do without either some sophisticated software or some sophisticated hardware. So I've got the, the mixer board here that does all that, but it all goes into one computer through these multiple USB sound cards. So it's kind of a cool uh, rig. Uh, like I said, there's not really anything to take pictures of. It's just a nondescript black box. But right. uh, I just thought I'd mention it. Uh, and, and you know, if you notice any sound quality changes, if it gets worse, let me know. You know, uh, I haven't noticed it so far. But I haven't mixed down a show yet. So if I publish something and some of you people out there like Pete, uh, I can always count on Pete to let me know when I screwed up because he's got the golden ears. Um, uh, let me know and, and maybe I'll go back to the other way. But this so far has simplified my uh, workflow considerably. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. And now on to the actual topic of the show which will probably be shorter than the warm-up. <laughs> right. And we thought, since this is Thanksgiving, we're just going to talk about some things in tech and out of tech uh, that we're thankful for, and um, in no particular order. So the, the first thing that I want to say I'm thankful for is podcasting, podcasting in general. Uh, as a consumer and as somebody who's trying to be a, a successful producer of podcasting, I just love the medium, the idea of the one-man radio station. You know, back in the early days of radio, that's the way it was. It was some guy out in the desert in New Mexico petitioned the FCC for a frequency, and voila, he was a radio station. And it was so yeah, bad he'd that hit whatever you know random car was you know driving within right. five miles of his house or whatever. And like RCA and Victor and these people that made radios, receivers, needed somebody needed people to have a reason to make 
to buy their receivers so they would make radio stations. So you'd have like the RCA radio station. So uh, I kind of feel that podcasting is the digital version of that. And we're, we're the guy out in the desert in Arizona uh, podcasting here. And, you know, maybe we can catch on, maybe we can't, but uh, I'm sure enjoying doing it. And, and the, you know, every week our audience grows, literally I can, I can chart that on a, on a graph for you. Every week our audience grows, so I know we must be doing something right. And I just really enjoy it. And I've gotten to know uh, people doing this, uh, our frequent guests, guests who have become hosts and, and hosts that um, that I've never met, but I still consider a friend. So I'm thankful for just the whole podcasting thing in general. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about that and thinking back to when I did the uh, podcasting in the classroom, you know, teaching students how to podcast and I wish I saw a little bit more of that in education. Um, and it's kind of surprises me that I don't, uh, you know, a lot of people in education tend to be maybe a little bit more on the left. Yeah, you yeah. think that's accurate? Yeah, Mark? I think that's accurate. That, that is a position that tends to attract those people. Definitely. So it, it seems to me that it would, that would be something that they would tend to promote more. I mean, here's a, here's a medium where the, the common man can get out and, uh, you know, basically have a voice to uh, an unlimited audience right uh especially now with technology and the internet and everything else uh you know a 13 year old kid could hook up a, a microphone to his computer and start a podcast and um you know whatever he has to say could be heard around the world uh so uh you know i'm still kind of uh, hopeful that that will be, you know, some sort of big explosion in education. I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen, but uh, it seems like a lot of times when the word podcast is used in education, especially, uh, it's not like this. You know, they talk about right. podcasting and they're really just making recordings. Yeah, make a crappy digital recording, put it on a website somewhere and hope it gets downloaded. That's what they call a podcast. Right, right. And, uh, you know, they're not really, uh, you know, I taught my students about, you know, how to make a show, how to, how to format a show. And, you know, you need to have uh, these different elements into it to make it sound like something that somebody might want to listen to. Um, so, I, you know, it'd, it'd be nice to see it maybe move in that direction. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe the medium is just a little boring for kids. I don't know. But uh, it, just the idea, like you said, that you can set it up and next thing you know, you could be broadcasting yourself around the world uh, is pretty cool. And also, as a consumer, I I really dig podcasting as a podcast listener. Even if I if I didn't try to do this, you know, uh, for a living, uh, I learn so much from other people who podcast. Uh, that's that's my that's my become my listening entertainment. I don't listen to music much anymore. I used to. I don't listen to the radio ever. Really, it's all podcasting, and it's all you know on my phone, and and I can hear uh, I can hear music if I want. I can hear um, you know, politics, if I want, I can hear tech, if I want, and it's all out there. And like I said last week, there's a lot of really bad s podcasts out there, but there's also a lot of really good stuff. I kind of liken it to, uh, uh, panning for gold in a sewer pipe. You know, there's, there, there, <laughs> are, there are nuggets of gold out there. You just got to wade through a lot of crap to get there. Right. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we can, we can do away with the sewage at some point and have more gold. Uh, but, and also I know of at least three podcasts now that exist because of us, people that we have inspired to do their own podcast. And that just really excites me because whatever else I am, I'm a teacher and I'm a tech and I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a tech, I'm a, I'm a podcaster, whatever else, but, but at, at my heart, I'm a teacher. 
And that's that's what I like to do. I like to educate. I like to inform. I like that that moment that everybody lives for, that oh moment, you know, when you have right. enlightened somebody. And to know that, that these people out there have become podcasters and are using our techniques to do it, and some of them have even gone off of my parts list and are using the same equipment, that, that really excites me. And that's something that I, I, you know, I hope to be inspirational to uh, a, a number of people, but also know that podcasting isn't for everybody. So if you're just a consumer, you know, well, let me take that word just out. If you're a consumer, you're, you're <laughs> what we're doing this for, right? You're, you're who we want. But if right. you want to go one step farther and become a producer, that's pretty awesome in itself. Yeah. And we're always here, here to help out. And we have done that. I know we've had people uh, ask us very specific questions and how do I get started and what do I need to do? Um, it can be, you know, it, it can seem a little daunting at first, but if you have somebody that's done it before to help you out, uh, then it, it's really not that bad. Right. Okay, Sean, what's something you're thankful for? That was my, we'll go round robin here. That was my one. What's yours? Um, I'm going to start with my last item, which was uh, not being sick Yay, anymore. For, for health. <laughs> you're right. So uh, not uh, technologically related at all, but uh, I had been sick for like, you know, school started and then the, the weather started to change and that's the time of year. I mean, if you don't work in education, you probably don't know this, but this is the time of year that is just everybody's sick. All this stuff comes through and I'd been sick for uh, three, four weeks. Uh, it was just like one thing after another and I could never reach that point where I was totally healthy. And, uh, I'm just this last week, uh, totally healthy. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, how's you, how are you holding up over there? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, my, my family seems to be, um, trying to, out sick each other you know we, we like to oh yeah uh, seem to be trying to make each other sick it's it, it well, there are five people in my family right uh, a husband a wife and, and three kids and that's just going to happen you're going to be sick so uh we have taken a kid to the doctor once a week for the last probably three months uh just for <laughs> one reason or another and um, right now, it's the baby has uh, a bad case of uh, viral infection, creating uh, the croup. If you don't, if you're a parent, the croup sends chills down your spine. It's, it's terrifying. It's the child oh, yeah. can't breathe, and there's nothing you can do about it. And uh, that horrible, horrible cough. Oh, yeah, uh, but she's she's doing much better now. Um, and I, you know, uh, have been gotten a, a couple of things. They uh, a couple of weeks ago they uh, gave me the gift of of uh, strep throat. But I'm over oh, that. nice! Yeah, so yeah, we're we're a, a caring, loving family. We share things with each other. <laughs> but no, otherwise we are good. Um, and if I could just get some better sleep, uh, and and we'll be all right. Right. All right. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is broadband. Um, I am thankful for broadband uh, <laughs> because it. It has become, uh, I'm going to go back to my phone and I'll talk more about that a little later on. I now have broadband everywhere I go with, with the 3G thing. And then some people have 4G and now they're even talking about 5G. Yeah. Uh, the the idea of having more bandwidth in my pocket than I used to have at my house, um, it, it's really changed the way I live. For example, Google Music has all my music. I don't keep it with me anymore. I stream it. Pandora Radio, I stream it. Information. And there, the, the, the one that sad thing is the bar bet has died, 
You, you remember the bar? Oh thing, right? yeah, you get in yeah, an argue sure. with somebody, and it's like, no, it was 1984 that Van Halen did the whatever album, and then no, it was 87, and then and now it's like that argument lasts like four seconds. Somebody whips out a smartphone and says, "You're both wrong. It was 85." Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that I have so much information at my finger fingertips, and that when I get home, you know, I'm I'm. I'm doing this, right? I am communicating with, with somebody uh, miles away and broadcasting it to people all over the world while inside, right, at this very moment, my wife is watching a movie on Netflix. Um, you know, that's all, that wouldn't be possible without broadband. And the fact that it's, uh, we often talk in the U.S., we complain that we don't have the broadband that other countries do and then it costs us too much. But the fact is that we can do things now that we only dreamed of just five years ago. Uh, and that's that's pretty amazing. When I when I look around as a technologist, uh, every time I take a moment and just look around, I'm amazed at what I can do. And I think this has got to be the best time to be alive. This is the Wild West. This is the great expansion. This is the manifest destiny of the technology world. It'll continue to grow and improve and polish. But this is the time when things are being created that never existed before. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty excited about that in general. I mean, this quad core box that I just talked about is composed of throwaway gear. And it is more powerful than my primary workhorse computer was just two years ago. <laughs> it's definitely exciting times to live in. Yeah, and I know not everybody gets as geeked out as I do. My wife is definitely one of them, and if when she if she listens to this, she will be rolling her eyes, going, oh, "You are such a geek." But <laughs> still, it's exciting to me. This so I, I put broadband on the list, but really, it's just the the advance of technology, the the um, portability, the um, personalization of technology. Uh, yeah, that that's what had to had to happen though, right? I mean, we've had powerful machines now for several years that, you know, could do a lot of the computing. I mean, especially when you were talking about like the barbet and the smartphone. I mean, we've had that computing capacity for a long time now. We just haven't been able to take it with us. Right. So, yeah, it's the broadband that's done that for us. I uh, I'll I'll put the link here in the show notes. It, it was something that we covered on uh the Everyday Linux podcast uh that came out yesterday when this goes out. Uh, there's uh, researchers at a university have discovered a way to tweak lithium ion batteries, which is a battery that's in everybody's phone and every, everybody's laptop to get 10 times the life and to, and, and, uh, uh, a recharge cycle that's 10 times as fast. So like to put some numbers into that, uh, they say that you'll be able to charge your phone in 10 minutes and it'll last three weeks. Nice. So, and that's, this is not theoretical. This is not something that, you know, might exist down the horizon. It exists now. They've just got to get into mass production mode. So in a couple of years, three years, the, you know, the iPhone 6 is going to have that battery in it. And it's going to be something that you plug into the wall for 10 minutes every week or, or two or three. Well, and, you know, you also have to, to think, too, that that totally changes scale. So a lot of the devices that we have nowadays, uh, they could be scaled down further and we could be talking about, you know, things that could be implantable and all this kind of crazy, you know, this sort of wild science that, uh, you know, people have maybe seen mentioned before. But really right now, the point we're at, uh, what's holding that back is is power is, you know, we can't scale down the batteries. Uh, so, 
yeah, those are the kind of advances that need to happen before we see the next kind of explosion in, you know, how devices, uh, you know, what types of devices we're going to be carrying around. Well, and it goes farther than that. It's, uh, it's going to lift constraints on our devices. Right now, we're all running these ARM processors, and they're slower than they could be, and they're less functional than they could be because it's all about battery life. You know, you don't do this, you know, forever the iPhone didn't have multitasking, and part of the reason for that was battery life. Well, when, we've in, when we start improving the batteries, now we can take this quad-core 64-bit desktop processor and scale it down into a phone, and it gets even more powerful just because now we have the ability to, to, to fly it. To fly right. it, to power it. <laughs> Sorry, I w- something popped up in front of me with the word "fly" in it, and it was. <laughs> I, I read uh, direct from the eyes to the mouth without going through the brain. <laughs> All right, Sean, you're up. What are you thankful for? Um, this is probably going to be rubbing it into a lot of people <laughs> that uh, maybe don't work in education and listen to our show. But I love working in the education, especially this time of year. And uh, I'm talking about the fact that I don't work this week. And neither do you, right, Mark? Yeah, this is the first time ever I've had all of um, uh, Thanksgiving week off. I've never had that before. But w- oh, okay. But we worked some in the summer to make up for that. Uh, so, yeah, it's really nice. It's I've never had this before, and, and this is the first you know Monday of Thanksgiving I've ever had off. But it's really cool. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's just one of those things. Uh, so you know, talking about uh, what we're thankful for, that's certainly it. And uh, I joke around a lot with people that I know that aren't in education. And this time of year is always fun because I get to kind of rub that in as they're uh, grumbling about having to uh, go to work, and uh, you know, I'm off. Yeah. Now, but, however, uh, let's let's go the other way around. This is an argument I've had, and I think I've done it on this show before. Uh, pe- pe- teachers always complain about their pay. The fact right. is, when you take the number of days they work and divide that by the salary, the the average teacher in Texas anyway the, uh, works a hundred, I think, eighty seven days. It's the teacher contract, and they make you know an average say salary. If you if you take that to the two hundred and twenty ish days, two hundred and thirty days, or whatever that the average person works, they're making a competitive wage. So it's that, yes, teachers get time off, and, and because we work with teachers, we get time off, but we're making less money because of it. So it's not free time off. It's just right now it kind of feels like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, boy, you sure do enjoy it when it's happening. Right. You know, I, I, think, <laughs> I think I heard the quote, the three best reasons to be a teacher are June, July, and August. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, you know, we don't get those, but. Uh, but still, yeah, it's a, it's a good deal. It's a good gig. So I'm, I'm certainly thankful as I'm, you know, home all week long. here. All right. So the next thing I had on the list for things I'm thinking of thankful about is Android OS and not specifically Android, uh, but mobile platforms, modern mobile platforms in general. Uh, Windows seven is, is really going gangbusters these days. Uh, iOS is there, but just, you know, going back to what I was talking about earlier, the, not only the the power, the raw power, but but the the processor that I have in my phone and the bandwidth that I have available to it wouldn't matter if the the software weren't um, accessible and easy to use. And now we have really three strong contenders. Four, if you count WebOS, it's still out there, but nobody's really supporting it. Uh, that are that are going to transform the palm top computer. 
Um, you know, and, and Google has just released Ice Cream Sandwich, which is sort of a leapfrog in some ways over iOS 5. And, and that's good. They're, they're going to keep leapfrogging each other. So iOS 6 is going to come out and it's going to be a leapfrog over what Android is. And then we all benefit from that in hugely. So, you know, I, I put, you know, I said specifically Android OS, but that's just because that's the one I have. But mobile operating systems in general, it's a pretty cool thing. Okay, Mark, I got to ask you this, and this is, you know, I'm I'm going to ask a question, even though I, I'm afraid it's going to make me sound dumb, but <laughs> but I was looking at this the other day, and I couldn't figure it out. So I have a Motorola Atrix, pretty high-end, uh, you know, sort of up there towards the top of the line of, of smartphones, right? Yeah. And uh, there, it's up in the air whether AT&T is even going to support this thing for uh, as far as upgrading it to Ice Cream Sandwich, which just blows my mind. Yeah. Well, no, no why would it? They want you to go buy another phone. Why is that surprising to you in any way? Well, no, I understand. I mean, I understand why they would do stuff like that, which, I mean, pretty much, uh, you know, makes everybody mad when those types of things happen. But what I'm wondering is, can you, it, does rooting your phone make that available to you? Roming it will. Rooting it won't. But somebody, okay. c- Cyanogen will make a mod. Somebody will make a mod with ice cream sandwich. You just won't be able to get it from your carrier. You'll have to sideload it somehow. Okay, yeah, because I knew about rooting and that you could root your phone to be able to do a, a few different things, but I didn't know if that made it where you could actually, uh, you know, open you up to to those uh, higher end OSs, you know, the latest OSs that were coming out. So uh, that was that was the question I wanted to throw out there. Okay, so roming it. Yeah. So yeah, I know I know about cyanogen. So yeah, if you, if you don't know the difference between rooting and roming, uh, rooting is like getting the administrator password um, to a computer. You can do some things that you can't without it. I have my right. phone rooted for two reasons. Uh, one is right now Android can't do screenshots unless it's rooted. Ice cream sandwich fixes that. It puts native screenshots in there. Finally, three years too late. Uh, <laughs> but the second is um, AT and T, my provider intentionally cripples um, the uh, Wi-Fi access point that's built into Google OS. Uh, It's built into the Android OS. It's right there. You turn it on, it becomes a Wi-Fi hotspot. But AT&T doesn't want you to do that. They cripple it intentionally. So I have to root it to get a different device that goes around it a different way that AT&T doesn't recognize. So I can still tether my phone uh, via Wi-Fi because it's rooted. So th- there are things like that. And when you get need some extra functionality some so, to go behind the locked doors, that's when right. you need to, to root. To ROM is a, completely putting an entirely different operating system. It's like formatting your computer hard drive and putting Linux on it instead of Windows. Um, but those, those different OSs are generally built on, you know, uh, uh, the thing that you're looking for. Like, for example, you're not going to get ice cream sandwich, or you may not, on your Atrix. Right. But somebody's going to take, because it's open source, they're going to take Ice Cream Sandwich, they're going to put it for the Atrix, and then you can go get that, and just instead of, you don't go through Motorola, you don't go through AT&T, you just go get it off the web and do it yourself. So that's ROMing. It's a a totally different operating system. Okay. Which one, we we probably should like throw a disclaimer out there that uh, if you do that kind of stuff to your phone... Uh, you're not going to be under warranty anymore. Uh, actually, not really. That they can't make that stick. Uh, really? That they say that, but they can't make that stick. Um, that's been proven in court, even. Uh, but huh. but if you're but if you're going to ROM your phone, back it up. 
Yeah. Then if it screws up, you go back to the 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 backup. Then you send it in for warranty. <laughs> and so yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just you know you were talking about ice cream sandwich, and I was looking at uh, a couple of different rundowns of what it's going to have or what it has. Uh, it just it looks really cool. I'm like, man, okay, I've got this high power phone. I want that on my phone. And, and there's no uh, reason you shouldn't have it because yours is the latest and greatest uh, Motorola phone. You know, right. as of what three months ago. Now they have new stuff, but yours was just a couple of months ago. Right. Yeah. It's not like it's uh, we're talking about a two year old phone. I know that it, it should be able to. You know, uh, from just a, a horsepower standpoint, should be able to do everything needed. So, um, yeah, it was a little disappointing. And I should say, you know, AT and T hasn't officially said that they're not going to have it for for the Atrix, but they came out with their list of supported devices, and there was like two or three that they're they're certainly going to have it for. And then they said, and maybe others, which. I took that to mean I'll probably never see it. But because I make a habit of buying the official Google phone when I buy phones, mine will be not only is it going to get it, it's going to be the first one to get it. Ah. The, 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 the Google, uh, the Galaxy S. Okay, so we'll have to... Uh, Nexus we'll have S to either. Yeah, you'll have to tell us about that when you get it. Yeah, um, I don't think it's going to be world-changing, but there are going to be some neat features in there. Um, that I think are going to be neat. There's there's going to be a Siri-like app, and actually, uh, just a bit of news there, the Siri folks have said they're going to make an Android app. So uh, there's, oh, really? you know, there's one of those check boxes that Apple has that is going to be taken away from them in the near future. Have you heard anybody that's actually played around with that? I haven't heard. Uh, I have briefly. Uh, the Our... Uh, principal uh, one of our principals at school has been on this show before kevin weaver uh got the new iphone 4s and we played with siri and and asked it silly questions and um the usefulness of it uh is you know probably six on a scale of 10 it's it's fairly useful but not a, a killer uh but i come i say that coming from the android world i've had voice activated uh, features on my phone since i've had my phone since uh gingerbread was it I mean, it's been out for a while, right? Um, so, uh, it 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 didn't impress me all all that much. the The fact that it speaks back to you instead of just putting text on the screen is a little more impressive because that's all Android does. You speak to it; it talks back with text. Uh, right. So that's kind of cool, but it's still not. Uh, it's not awesome. It's fun, is the way I look at it. You know, uh, we ask Siri. Um, where we could find some uh, weed, and it popped up a list of the nearest uh, uh, treatment facilities for uh, uh, for drug addictions. Well, that's probably accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just uh, I'll throw that disclaimer out there for you, Mark, because I know Mark very well, and I know that he doesn't oh, smoke yeah. weed. So <laughs> I'm an asthmatic. I can't smoke weed. Right. One of my favorite ones. Uh, we never got Siri to do it, but I've seen people post it online. Is uh, uh, you say, open the pod bay doors, Hal, and it says, I'm sorry, Dave, I can't do that. You feel better? Can we get back to work now? <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah. J just think, though, I mean, that's the kind of technology that, like, a few years from now is probably going to be uh, just completely pervasive. You know, it's going to be everywhere in our lives. Yeah, I think it won't be long until we'll pass the Turing test. You know what the Turing test is? Uh, it sounds familiar, but no, tell me. Alan Turing, largely credited as being the father of the modern computer, 
uh, proposed a test that if you can sit down and have a conversation via text or via voice or any other medium with a machine and not know that it's a machine, that machine can be considered to be alive. And it's often been tested with, you know, two people, one that's real, one that's a computer, and somebody will have a conversation with the two of them, and can they pick it? Of course, right now, nobody has ever come close to it. Not even IBM's Watson has come close to it. But I think it won't be long with things like Siri and things like that where you, you'll, you'll wonder. It'll be enough to go, is this a person or is this a machine? And then a few years after that, you won't be able to know the difference at all. Right. I, I, I look forward to that because it, that's going to be like the smart house, right? Like you're going to walk in the door and it, you'll be wired for sound. You know, you'll have speakers and everything in your house and you'll walk in and they'll, it'll welcome you. And, you know, what do you want for dinner? And, I want you know. Jarvis, the computer interface in Iron Man in the movies. That's, that's okay. what I want. I want Jarvis. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> All right. So, Sean, is there anything else you're thankful for? Oh, well, there's tons, but uh, but those were the main things. I know I stayed totally off of tech with that. This, this, <laughs> you know, it was funny. We, we bounced back and forth pretty well, though, right? You did like a tech type thing, and I did like a personal type thing. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I love all of, all of this technology, and we, as we should, you know, we we work in that. I mean, that's that's our livelihood, and I'm sure a great deal of the people that listen to our show uh, you know, it's the same way. So, um, yeah, it's nice to just reflect on it. Yeah. And I just want to end by saying we are thankful for our audience. Um, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people will often say things like with, without you, we couldn't do this. Uh, that's frankly a lie with, I was sitting around and pontificating and giving speeches long before anybody listened to me. Uh, but you validate me. <laughs> you, you, you make it seem like it's okay. So yeah, I would like to say that we are thankful for our, our audience, our listeners, our, um, our co, um, contributors on this journey. So um, it wouldn't be right to do a Thanksgiving show without saying that we're thankful for you, the listener. Amen, brother. And having said that, I will move right on to my tech tip of the week that I just now copied and pasted into the to the notes that actually I saw that I was wondering if you were going to have one yeah that uh, spiel about being thankful was really just to vamp while I could do that <laughs> uh, this is a a, a a tool called patch my PC and we've talked about other things uh, like this before like uh, night night for example but patch my PC will um, gather up all the patches, not just the Windows patches, but like the Flash patches and the Firefox patches, anything. It'll scan your computer and look for anything that has an update of any kind and then let you bundle all those updates and download them on a schedule. So you can say every uh, second Tuesday at 3 a.m., go look for all the up, everything on my machine that has an update, every word processor, every web browser, every OS patch, everything. Go get those all in one bundle and install them unattended for me. Nice. I don't know that I would trust that, frankly, because, you know, patches tend to break things, but it's a very cool thing at the same time. Well, at least you can anticipate the brokenness. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you got it on a schedule. You know, every Tuesday morning, I'm going to have something wrong with my computer. Didn't uh, Seth have something like that way back when? I know that was like an install thing uh, that you could like 
check check mark all of your uh, all of the software things that you wanted installed but did did that not update as well i'm sure we could go back to the forums at elementopi.com where our illustrious co-host uh, puts every tech tip that we've ever done <laughs> and and look for that uh, but hey i'm going to actually be working on that this week that is one thing i'm taking advantage of the time off and uh, i'm going to be actually working on that kind of stuff this week so i might get the tips back up to uh, back up to speed you know <laughs> that way they can start slowly falling behind That's again. <laughs> hey, if anyone out there would like to do that for us, would like to be a forum moderator and every week as we do a show, it's just simply a copy and paste from our show notes into that that forum topic. We will let you do that. Just let us know that you want to do that and we will happily turn that over to you. Yeah, and then we'll give you a shout out like, you know, every every so often on the show or something. Well, every week we'll say and you can find this because the lovely and gracious Bilbo the dinosaur uh, does this for us. <laughs> right. That would be great. We need some interns. <laughs> yeah. Unpaid. But right. Let's emphasize the unpaid part. Right. Because at this point we are unpaid. <laughs> right. Yeah. John, do we All have right, a well, tech, uh, teacher tip? I do. This one is really cool. And I, I've been... I guess the cool factor of my tips have been uh, pretty high the last few weeks. Uh, BiodigitalHuman.com. This is a website. I don't. I hesitate to call it a website. It's just a. Uh, you go there and uh, it gives you like a three-dimensional. You start off with like a three-dimensional uh, skeletal figure. And you can go and ho- hover over all the bones and things like that. But then it's got these neat little. Uh, like sliders, like you can turn things on and off. So you can turn like the respiratory system on and then it will all all of a sudden appear inside of this body. So it's a three-dimensional human body that you can like take things, you know, back and forth, put, you know, put the endocrine system in there and it's there and you can rotate it around and look at it from all kinds of different angles. Um, So, uh, you know, I've seen a few of these uh, done by other websites that weren't nearly as good as this one. This is the best one I've seen. Uh, it does require a very new browser. I know I had, I think, Firefox 7 or something on my computer, and I had to upgrade to the latest uh, to get it to work. So, uh, But it you know, does you work want... with both Flash or HTML5. So if you're on a right. device that doesn't support uh, Flash, thank you, Apple, um, you're, you're not left out. Yeah, so uh, it, it's, it's just awesome. I will say, I'm going to throw this out there, um, they are... Fully anatomically correct. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you may want to keep that in mind depending on, uh, you know, who you're putting this in front of. or Right, you know, and you do get to pick male or female at the first box. So, you know that right. those uh, middle school boys are going to pick female first off. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's it's detailed. I'll, I'll say that. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, you, you know. With any web content, you should be doing that anyway. If you're going to put it in front of students, you know you need to pull that up and look at it ahead of time, and uh, you know keep in mind whether it's appropriate for uh, you know the classroom that you're going to be in. But uh, check this thing out, man! It's really cool. Have you have you looked at it, Mark? I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I'm playing with it. I I was just waiting for you to say something because I wasn't listening. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, you were done. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're, cool. yeah, it is. It's very cool. So check it out. Biodigitalhuman.com. Just an interesting uh, story 
you remember the very first uh, digital human project that uh, actually a lot of the stuff uses the same data, but it was uh, like in the mid nineties where they first did the high res digital images. Do you remember? Right. That? Yeah, uh, I remember. Something you know the about story that. about where that how that came to be. Is that the where they took the convict and, yeah. and froze him and yeah. sliced him into a million so different pieces? The idea was they needed to to act quickly, so they needed somebody. They needed to know when he was going to die, um, right? Because they had to get to him really quickly, and he needed to die in such a way that didn't damage any of his systems, right? So they're going to scan this guy. It can't be a car accident. It can't be cancer. It can't be anything like that. So they went with a a, a lethal injection inmate, and this guy volunteered to do that. And, like, as soon as he was declared dead, they grabbed the body and they literally, like, uh, Looney Tune style, froze him in a block of ice. Right. And then they cut the block of ice into, like, I think four or six sections. And they would pull one section, like, they'd pull the head out and leave the rest of it in their time. So pull the section that has the head. And then they would slice little micro-thin images and then MRI that. And, but, and they could only do four or five at a time because then he'd start to melt. So they'd throw him back in the freezer and then go to another part of the body, like the the chest, and slice a few images of that till he started to melt, and then go down, and they could keep rotating like that. And so some part of him was always freezing while they were working on other parts. And it took months to take all these, like, millimeter-thick slices. Then they fed it into a computer. Then the computer hammered on it for another few months to create the 3D models. But in those early models, the uh, skeleton had like four obvious breaks in the body. And that was where they sawed him in those chunks to work with him uh, at first. A fascinating <laughs> uh, little morbid story. Maybe it's better for a, a uh, uh, um, what's the word, uh, Halloween episode instead of a, uh, a Thanksgiving one. But still, it's it's a very cool story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I don't know that I have anything else to say that, and probably uh, wasn't appropriate, but <laughs> yeah, I had to throw that out there anyway. So, if you would like to comment back on, on how appropriate or inappropriate that was, the place you can do that is elementop.com. That's our, our website, the digital home base of Element OP Productions, which is, of course, the parent company of the Taiwan Tech Podcast, as well as other fine podcasts. Um, we have... Uh, See if I can list them all from memory. We have One Meal, One Workout, which we already mentioned with Aaron Butler. That's our health and fitness podcast. We have The Hot Route, which is a uh, a sports uh, – I don't want to say just football. It's a sort of a pan-galactic sports uh, podcast, but with right now we're in football and uh, season, so that's their uh, big thing. We have The Tight One Teacher. Uh, Sean, uh, they threw him off of that show. He was weighing him down, and they have uh, a couple <laughs> of new hosts there, John right. Mikulski and, and Brian Brueger. <laughs> We have the Taiwan Tech, obviously the show that you're listening to right now. We have Everyday Linux, a show I've mentioned a couple of times where a few of us get together and just talk about the current state of Linux. And then our newest show called The the Periodic Table is the closest thing to a talk show that we're going to get, um, where we talk about thing, uh, tech will be mentioned and has been mentioned, but but we'll do, we're going to talk about politics and religion and, and all sorts of stuff like that. And it's just a roundtable where we gather guests, or uh, hosts rather, from other shows and get them all together. And we've done two episodes so far, and they have both been, in my opinion, great. Um, and I'm really looking forward to other stuff. So go go to our website. Check out our other shows if you haven't. If you're just an iTunes user um, and you found us you know, searching there and you don't know about the others, go check out elementop.com. Each one of those shows will have a link where we can go back to iTunes and subscribe to it. But it, you know, instead of having to search through the huge uh, iTunes catalog, you can find it right there on our website, elementop.com. You can find us on Twitter. 
twitter.com slash elementop, facebook, facebook.com slash elementop. Or if you would like to give us a call and leave us a voicemail that we will play on the show, you can call 559-IAMOP and uh, let us know uh, what you have to say. Or you can just go right there to our website and there's a leave us a voicemail button. Uh, you enter your phone number, Google calls you, you leave us a voicemail, and then we'll play it on the show. Whew. I ran through that quickly. Yeah, that's a mouthful. You know, uh, Mark, I did want to say, and I wanted to bring it up, it seems like the last maybe two or three weeks, there's been a lot more traffic on the forums. Have you noticed that? Yeah, there has been growing activity there. We've been whining about it pretty consistently, and and I think it's working. Uh, Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. I I was wondering, but I was really glad to see that because our original site, you know, uh, people may not know this, but, you know, we kind of migrated the site and... uh, I, was the original, was that on the tightwadtech.com? The tightwadtech.com. Right. Uh, it was a simple WordPress site. Uh, right. And and we, we needed to expand that when we created the Element OP company. Right. Yeah. When we decided we were going to do all these different shows. And uh, the one thing that really hit us hard was the forum was really going great over there. And then when we moved over, not everybody moved with us. Yeah. People you know, didn't and, follow. Right. So uh, it's, it's been good to see that. It's been really uh, encouraging to see the, the forum traffic uh, going up because, you know, the more and more that people get in there and make posts, then uh, it, it makes other people, uh, it just kind of fosters that and it starts to grow. So I've been liking seeing that. Well, and also that's, you know, I, it's been a while since I've said this, but this is your show and we work for you. You are our employer. So we need to know what you think of it. If, if we're doing great, let us know. If, if we're not doing so well, let us know. Um, we, need, uh, we need that feedback in whatever way. And, and even if it's not uh, just about the show, just let us know you're out there. Uh, like just tonight, we met uh, a new guy in the chat room, Mitch. Uh, I don't know how long he's been listening, but we just met him for the first time. And there's lots of you out there, you know, thousands of you that we've never met. And I'd like to get to know you at least, you know, just a a, a username and a howdy would be great. Um, also, well, I'd I, like to, go ahead, Sean. Well, I wanted to throw out there too because, uh, again, just over the past few weeks, I've had a couple of show ideas come in, and it was specifically from listeners saying, "Hey, you know, I'd like to hear about, you know, X or Y." So, uh, you know, we do see those, and then uh, generally, what I do with those is then I take that and say, "Okay." let me see if I can scare up an expert on that topic or, uh, or at the very least, you know, we can do some homework on it or something, but you know, we don't want to just randomly talk about that subject. We want to get somebody on who, uh, you know, can bring some good information about it. So, yeah, and uh, we, we were expert heavy for a long time there. And for the last few weeks, we've had no experts. We're trying to balance that out with, with just our comment versus interviews, because I know, uh, some of you like the interviews, some of you don't, we're trying to balance both of those, but also, um, you know, we just, we're having a hard time scheduling people right now. It's, it's that time of year, right. Where people are busy and doing things. So, um, it may just be the two of us rambling for a while, but if there's somebody, if you know somebody who you'd like us to talk to, uh, let us know. And, and you know, no no target is too high that we won't at least shoot for it. I mean, if you want us to try to get uh, Steve Ballmer on, sure, ask us to. We'll try. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> I'm and, not afraid to send an email. Right. And also, <laughs> I wanted to say, if you like the show, and uh, and listen to it every week. Does anybody around you know that? You can do us a huge favor by letting other people know that you like our show. And one easy way to do that, if you are an iTunes user, go to our iTunes site 
and just like it or rate it or comment on it. I forget what they call it. They don't call it like. It's it's uh, you comment. You leave a rating, and the 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 more ratings we get, the more people look for us because uh, Apple sorts those things by ratings, and so you have to have a certain number of ratings before you get anything. And so uh, go there, rate us four or five stars. Three, be honest. I mean, if you if you think we suck, rate us one star. We would rather have uh, a bad rating than no rating. At least let us know you're out there. <laughs> and and again, do tell other people because growing our audience is, is how we uh, grow the network and how we are able to provide you with more and more stuff. So if you like what we're doing, tell everybody else. Yeah. Okay, that's my sales pitch. I like it. <laughs> so sean anything else before we sign off for the night just gotta say that was another great show uh was it really it, it kind of uh, felt thrown together but uh, no it was good i like I, sometimes i enjoy those ones better than the uh you know the really heavily formatted ones you're so. the expert if you say it was a great show i have nothing more to say but this is mark signing off and sean signing off <laughs>